0: All right. Welcome to the EH Leader Podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to connect, encourage, and equip leaders uh, to make an impact in their homes uh, and around the world, really. Today's episode is a 10-minute conversation with an incredible leader. We got Cody Moore. Cody, how
1: are you, man? I'm doing good. Enjoying the mountain life out here. Oh, man.
0: Well, we'll introduce you here in a second, um, but we're going to put 10 minutes on the clock. Um, I've got it right here on my phone. I'm going to hit 10 minutes. We're going to keep this short, um, but to the point and keep it meaningful for those listening. Cody, are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Three, two, one. The clock has started. Where are you serving and what do you do, Cody?
1: So, I'm at Gray Church in Durango, Colorado, and I am the next gen pastor, uh, which has me, college ministry, and young adult. Okay. So,
0: student ministry, college ministry, young adult. Okay. Um, so, where at in Colorado?
1: Durango. So, it's the southwest corner. I'm about 50 minutes from New Mexico.
0: Okay. And your church, do you know the population of Durango?
1: Durango is maybe about 25,000 people. Our county is about 55,000, and uh, our church reaches um, more uh, outside of Durango as well, so pretty regional for our county here in Durango.
0: So more of a regional church than a community church. That's good.
1: Yeah, yeah. We have people that come up from New Mexico, from Aztec, um, all the way out to Cortez, out to Pagosa Springs, um, and people that live up that purgatory ski resort come down for church to some
0: nice uh about what size y'all run at worship like pre-covid even (laughs) what's your
1: so i actually arrived here at the start of covid and so pre-covid here the numbers were probably around uh 280 to 300 on a sunday morning um and so now we're estimating that it's probably around 225 to 250 on a sunday that's in person and online uh we're combining those numbers there
0: Yeah, perfect. Well, cool, man. Uh, Enough about your church. Tell me about your family.
1: Yeah, so I'm married to Christina. Uh, We've been married for a little over six years. She is a nurse here at the local hospital, and we have a three-year-old boy named Owen, and that kid is everywhere all the time, Uh, so it's kind of a, a fun adventure just to keep up with him and um, but yeah, we enjoy serving together and, um, love doing it with that crew.
0: That's awesome, man. And little Owen, man, he's, he's a good looking dude, man. He's going to be a heartbreaker. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. I think he takes after me, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. All right. Let's jump into some more questions. Like what's your favorite role, uh, at, at your church as, for, as far as it comes to next gen, like what, what's the favorite thing you do you love to do?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd I'd say two things. Number one is uh, recruiting and working with leaders so that it's not just about me. And number two would be our large group nights with teenagers. Uh, We do large group once a month with our students here. And those uh, are kind of life-giving for me, just spending time with those students. Um, And just a quick FYI, since we only do large group once a month, we are in small groups the other three weeks every month in homes throughout uh, our county. Um, but yeah, those those monthly gatherings are fun.
0: So the the small groups, those are led by parents or leaders, or how are those led?
1: Both. So I have parents and, and uh, just leaders that aren't necessarily parents of teenagers, but most of them have a kid within the student ministry at this point.
0: And that's incredible. That's a different model of youth ministry that I've never heard of. But Sounds like it's working. Is it, how, How's that working?
1: Yeah, so uh, we had previously, before I got here, we were doing the traditional model student ministry where everyone came to the church building uh, every week and parents were kind of getting tired of bringing their kids up into town um, after they had just been here for worship that morning. Uh, we had been running a van from a neighboring town and basically high schoolers didn't want to make that drive and so we would have students in a van for 30, 45 minutes uh, to come to church and then 30, to 45 minutes going home. And uh, it just wasn't working out. Students were having a hard time inviting their friends. And so we moved to a more community-based model where we have five small groups throughout Durango and Bayfield. And um, it's a little bit easier for friends to invite their friends to their small groups. And then parents are loving it because they're only having to drive their kids into, uh, into town once a month for a youth group and, um, all wow. the other ones are closer to their houses.
0: Well, that's a perfect segue to my, my next question. Uh, you know, Empowered Homes is <clears throat> bread and butter is connecting church and home. So you're, you're practically doing that in your programs, but what are, what are other things are you doing to intentionally connect church and home?
1: Yeah. So, um, it's still a work in progress here. Um, and so getting this student ministry up and running, Right now, um, the extent of my parent ministry is a parent email once a month. And um, this past January, we had to uh, flip a switch and go online only again for a couple of weeks. And during that time, uh, I highly encourage parents. I still created a, the content, the message, and the small group stuff. And I sent it out in um, through YouTube on our YouTube channel. And I encourage families to watch that message together, to do the activity together, go through the questions together, encourage them to let their students lead even the small group time uh, in their own home. Uh, I'm not really sure that uh, a whole lot of them did that. It was, like I said, it was kind of a last minute change. Uh, my goal is that this coming um, school year, maybe summer and into fall, being able to launch a more effective parent ministry where uh, we're doing parent seminars, we are giving out resources. Um, I remember at my last church I had Bobby come in to do a, a, a parent seminar for me and it was kind of the launch of our parent ministry at my last place and uh, it's definitely a big thing. Uh, I think it's probably uh, one of the things that I'm doing uh, the worst at right now but again it's kind of a uh, getting through COVID and, and relaunching an entirely new model of ministry and then still trying to um, find time to connect that home piece for them.
0: Yeah. So we got about four minutes left a few more questions and the biggest part of, of leading well, and I commend you for understanding, you know, of the circumstances of your context of all the things of knowing things that you're not doing well or that your shortcomings, but it sounds like you're being proactive in establishing those things to help parents be the primary faith trainer, to help parents, uh, do that moving forward but aside from those things that you're working on what are some things you're excited about coming up this year in ministry
1: uh yeah so i i just actually spent time with my lead pastor last week about my goals for this next quarter and even in this next year and um, things i've kind of kind of come away with is empowering leaders a little bit more so i've recruited a team of leaders, and I have some leaders that help me with our rally night, our once-a-month gathering, uh, and then I have our um, our groups, and trying to empower them, give them some more responsibility, and so one specific example is our, on our once-a-month gathering, I have a leader uh, that I've asked her, and I've tasked her to help me create an environment that unchurched students want to attend, hmm. and my goal for this next year is to empower her a little bit more, give her some more responsibility, and then also Uh, start um, with her uh, recruiting some teenagers to be a part of that team, welcome team and serve team and um, even delivering messages. So yeah, empowering leaders is probably going to be one of the things that I'm excited about working on this year. Uh, Now that we have a team uh, just trying to get them uh, to becoming more effective leaders in their spots.
0: Yeah. And I think we can all connect with that of understanding the importance of recruiting leaders, But you can't just recruit them into this ministry. You then have to turn them loose a little bit and let them go. That's when you start to see the ownership happen of volunteers who like the ministry becomes theirs, and it's almost kind of they're possessive of it. Of like, no, this is what God has called me to do, and this is what I'm doing. And that's so awesome. That's exciting. We got about a minute and a half. Uh, Last question. Uh, Hopefully, you can answer this. You know, uh, how long you've been in ministry?
1: Uh so I've this been in full-time ministry for uh 7 or 8 years maybe. Okay.
0: So in your 7 to 8 years, like what has been some of the greatest advice that you've been given that you still apply today?
1: Yeah, so two things. Uh number one is uh, there's a book called Liberating Ministry from the Success Syndrome by Kent and Barbara Hughes and one of the things that they try to get uh through to leaders is that faithfulness is not at all about um or success is not at all about your numbers, uh, or if people like you or not, it's all about your faithfulness to what God is calling you to do. Um, and the number two is something that my father-in-law, who's a pastor in Kansas, uh, he has reminded me of is that, uh, when I'm planning a meeting, like youth meeting or trying to communicate something to people, uh, when I'm planning for that, I should be thinking of the skeptic that's going to be in the room And be able to answer their questions. So whenever I'm meeting with parents and leaders, um, I'm thinking of every possible question they might throw at me. And I'm thinking of the skeptic because that's who I'm going to need to convince in that setting, Uh, whether it be trying to convince a parent to let their kid go to a mission trip or whatever. What are they going to ask me and how can I put their minds at ease with, uh, with my planning and preparation?
0: That is powerful. So do you, in, in that meeting, do you go ahead and answer that question uh, like out loud to everybody just to make it clear? Is that part of that? If that? I'm able
1: to, yeah. If, if I thought of it, if I have the answer, I'll try to answer it right then and there. If it's a long answer, it might be something that um, I answer short and then I get back with them later. Um, but I do want others in the room to also know that I've thought about it. So yeah.
0: That's awesome, man. That's a great piece of advice. I, I, I'm i going to steal that of, you know, anytime I'm planning something, think about the skeptic who's going to come in and, and have it planned and ready. Uh, man, that's huge. Cody. Yeah, that, um, it was definitely
1: really big for me. Like whenever I was starting out and I was young yeah. and trying to convince all these parents, um, I didn't have any kids myself, trying to convince these parents I knew what I was doing. And my yeah. father-in-law who's been in ministry he's been in the same church for uh 30 years now and the fact that he still applies that whenever he has meetings coming up man. um, kind of huge for me
0: that is a huge one well cody thank you for 10 minutes this 10 minute conversation yeah. uh, keep That's it up right. keep it up in the mountains man i need to come visit you and yeah, i just i love the mountains man it's awesome so
1: on, uh, skiing,
0: yeah keep keep doing what you're doing hey cody if someone's uh watching or listening and they're like hey i want to know how you're doing The small groups and then a one group meeting. Can you uh, tell us your email so they maybe get a hold of you?
1: Yeah, it is Cody at GraceDurango.com. So C-O-D-Y at GraceDurango.com.
0: Perfect. Cody, thank you for your time, man.
1: Thank you. Y'all have fun.